there's a reason why I believe God has given me the, what he gave me uh, to talk about in Sunday school. I believe that things are coming. Folks, the reason we're talking about principalities, about uh, powers, if you turn to the book of Revelation, if you turn to the book of Revelation, you will see where angels are actively involved on the things that are happening on the earth. I'm talking actively involved. I'm talking about things that have not taken place. I'll give you an example. Over in the book of Revelation, I can turn to it real quickly. The Bible talks about a 200 million man army, but just prior to that, it talks about four angels that are currently bound. Right? You know, just stick your finger right there in Luke. Let me turn over here real quick. I want, I want you to see this for yourself. This is why I believe it's important that we have an understanding on this. So in Revelation chapter 9, we're looking here at um, the trumpet judgments. And if you go down to Revelation chapter 9, verse 13, it says, Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had, who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now, I believe that the book of Revelation is symbolic in many ways. I also believe it is literal in many ways. I personally believe that there are four angels currently bound somewhere along the river Euphrates that God has reserved for a day, for an hour, for a day, for a month, for a specific year, that when that sixth trumpet is blown, those four angels that are, have been bound are going to be released. And they're going to go, the Bible says, and kill a third of mankind. I'm not making this stuff up. You can read it for yourself. Right? You can read it for yourself. So, now having said that, turn back over to Luke chapter 21. So we see over in the book of Revelation, you see, as you read through the book of Revelation, and you've heard me speak about the book of Revelation many times, you'll see where angelic hosts play a major part in the book of Revelation, right? Spiritual forces or things that are happening in the invisible realm, so to speak, all right? Now, we're not going to get hung up on this today because I want to take you... Uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're starting here, but we're going to a different place. Now, in Luke chapter 21, verse 25, Luke 21, verse 25 says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and on earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and waves roaring, all right, the sea and the waves roaring, Verse 26, 
men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven of the heavens will be shaken now what we're going to look at real quickly today is that there's one little word in this sentence here that we're going to look at and it's that word up there that says fear The Bible says when all these things begin to take place, believe me, go to the book of Revelation, begin to book, read the book of Revelation, every, everything that takes place there, everything that is taking place, it will, when these, we can read it now and we can kind of have some understanding of this and it kind of, you know, it kind of moves us a little bit, but it doesn't really move us enough for us to change anything. But I guarantee you when those things over in the book of Revelation truly begin to happen, amen, when they truly, when the, when, the, when the scroll is opened, amen, and the angels are sent to and forth, the Bible, this passage here in Luke where the Bible says that at that time men's hearts are going to fail them because of what's going on, you're going to see men literally dying in the street from fear. Men and women dying, dropping over because the fear is going to be so great that they're just going to fall down of a heart attack. You're going to see people, when these things begin to start happening, they're just going to keel over. The spirit of fear is going to overcome mankind so greatly that they will be immobilized to do anything. Have you ever seen anybody, I've seen it with my own eyes, where somebody is so fearful and it happens even today, and there's a medical term for it, and it, there is a phobia, if you will, where people are, are, are confined to their house because they have such a fear that they will not even leave their house. They cannot even leave the confines of their house because fear has entrapped them, ensnared them, and literally captured them. To where they cannot, they cannot even exit their own home. They cannot function in society because fear has, has got such a grip on. Ronnie, you, you deal in that, that type of medical field. I mean, you, yeah, is, what is it? So, there, this is not make believe, this is a reality. And as the day of the Lord approaches, this fear is going to be intensified. Why have we been talking about the things we are in Sunday school? Because we have, the, as the church, need to know how to combat these things. We cannot be gripped by fear. Listen, folks, everything that's happening in the world today, at any time, at any time, World War III could break out. Some people say it already has. But at any time, Russia is now threatened. Just this morning, I've seen Russia has now threatened uh, Berlin, the United States, or Washington. There was four or five different places that Russia said, uh, look, folks, we will be pushed so far and then we're not going to be pushed any further. It, look it up. Dmitry Medvedev, I believe, was the guy's name that made the statement. 
Uh, he is the, I think he used to be the president, right? And then now he's, I think, the defense minister or something. Just came out and said, we will be pushed so far. But when it comes to Russia giving up any territory, it will not happen. And we will basically defend ourselves and our territories to the death. They said, if you think that we will not, basically, I'm putting it in a nutshell, I'm paraphrasing. He's basically saying, if you think we will not loot, uh, launch a nuclear weapon because of uh, mutual destruction, you are wrong. I say this not to spark fear or instill fear into you. I want to you to understand what is taking place and what is going on. What leaders of other world powers are actually saying listen to their words and what they're saying this man just came out and said we will launch nuclear missiles against you basically saying take it to the bank all right when this some people believe that the book of Revelation refers to a nuclear attack. It could. It may not. I don't, I can't, I don't know 100%. Some of the things that are described there in the book of Revelation could, be, could correlate to a nuclear attack. Could very well be. All right? I promise you, understand this. Understand this. Every country almost on the face of the earth are telling their people to get prepared for war. You have the UK coming out and telling the citizens to go out and get everything they need now. Israel is telling their citizens, get prepared, get ready. Russia is building bomb shelters for their people, having bomb shelter drills that they're running in certain cities, preparing their people. Every nation is telling their people to get prepared except for the United States. And the United States is telling its citizens, go back to sleep, everything's all right. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. See which nations are telling their people, believe it's Norway, has told their citizens to get prepared. Switzerland, Switzerland of all people, has told their citizens, get prepared. The armies of the world, listen folks, the Bible tells us that in the last day, the, uh, the whole world will come against the nation of Israel. The armies of the world are staging and preparing themselves now. You don't have to take my word for it. Look at the evening news. Look and see. But the spirit of fear, here in a short matter of time, in, the, in a short amount of time, the spirit of fear is going to be so great it is going to immobilize people. It's coming. Now, having said that, Having said that, turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Give me about 15 minutes and, and we'll, we'll get out of here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 
put this up on the, I want everybody to see this. Can everybody see that? Do I need to turn lights out? Can everybody see that? For God hath not given us, His children, understand this. Well, I'll come back to that. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. No matter what's going on in the world, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. First John, I believe it's First John that says, perfect love casts out all fear. Why does love reference there in fear? Because in First John, uh, John tells the, the, the people, perfect love, God's perfect love casts out all fear. Why? Because we go back to what we were talking about this morning. Paul telling the people, I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor any other thing can separate me from the love of Christ. No matter what's going on in the world, I'm in the palm of God's hand. No matter what storms are blowing in my life, God has me in the palm of His hand. He is my shield and my buckler. He is my strong tower. He is my rock. He is my anchor. He holds me in the palm of His hand. That's why Paul says that nothing but nothing but nothing is going to move me because I am persuaded. I know that I know that I know that God has me in the palm of His hand. And whatever's going on in the world, God is able to sustain me. And if God chooses not to sustain me, then I'll be in the presence of, of my Savior. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why is that important? Why is that important? Because the spirit of fear has been unleashed on the world and it will grow. It will manifest in many different areas. And it will continue to grow and grow and grow until you get back over to Luke chapter 21 where it says men's hearts will fail them from the fear of what's about to take place on the earth. That men's hearts are literally going to stop beating from fear that's about to take place. Give me just a couple of minutes real quickly. Turn over to 2 Kings or excuse me, uh, Samuel. Turn over to Samuel, First uh, Samuel. First Samuel, chapter seventeen. Why is this important? Because the enemy will try his best to get you to be fearful. Fear will stop you in its tracks. 
fear will make you... What is your first reaction when you get scared? Think about it. What happens when you're startled, when you're scared? You freeze, right. Most people freeze. They just, they, you know, they will hesitate for an instant. They will just lock, maybe for just a split second, they will freeze. And some people, depending on who they are and their nature, will either move forward. You've seen this examples in the battlefield many times where some men will freeze. They'll lock up. They won't move. And others, will, they, they will hesitate for a split second, but then they, they march headlong into the, into the battle. So you either succumb to fear. It, fear will either cause you to freeze and lock up and you, you, it will stop you in your tracks or you will just march on forward and say, despite of that, I'm going to move on. I'm going to go on. I'm going to persevere. Come what may, I'm going to go forward. We see an example of that here. Chapter 17, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies to, gather, uh, to battle and were gathered at Socha, Socho, which belongs to Judah. They encamped there uh, uh, in Ephrath's the, in Danim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up battle array against the Philistines. We all know the story. The Philistines were on one mountain. The army of Israel was on the other mountain. And so we see here that this is where Goliath is introduced. Goliath, the great man, a giant, the Bible refers to him as a giant, was introduced to the army of Israel here. And Goliath went out in the midst of the valley and called over to Israel and says, just send a man out to me and we'll take care of this. Now, when Saul, in verse 11, it says, when Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Fear had stopped the army of Israel right there. Fear had caused the army of the living God to stop right where they are. One man of great statue, mind you, caused the whole army to stop and say, well, we can't even do battle. One man stopped a whole army from marching and proceeding forward. It, it reminds me of a, a, thing, a, a thing that I seen years ago. Now, this is maybe not related somewhat, but it reminded me of a story that I seen. Does everybody remember a place called Tiananmen Square? Huh? I mean, maybe early 90s, late 80s. One man, as these tanks were about to, to swoop in, one man stood his place in front of that tank. Read, up, read, read that story. It's an incredible story. And you've seen it on the news. It was on the news back then. 
one man stood before an army and caused that army to stop and freeze right there because he refused to move. That tank could have ran smooth over him and he wouldn't have been nothing but a greasy spot on the, on the road. You're welcome. <laughs> I like to get, be descriptive. So. <laughs> but he held his ground and he caused an entire army to stop. And it, it basically had some ripple effects and changed some things. But we see here a whole army is dismayed and afraid at the sight of this man. And to cut it short just a little bit, we all know the story. Another man came upon the scene, young man, not very old, wasn't even old enough to be enlisted in the army, came upon the scene. He'd come there to bring supplies to his brothers, food, drink to his brothers. And he seen and heard what was going on as Goliath stood before the armies of the living God. And this one young man says, you know what? Y'all are afraid. I'm not. This guy doesn't scare me. And those guys could only, I can only imagine. Do you understand? Listen. When you, when you speak to somebody that's in fear that you shouldn't be afraid, they look at you like you're crazy. They look at you like you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand what I'm dealing with. You don't understand. And I can only imagine that those men up there on the army shook their head at David and said, you don't have an idea of what's going on here. And David says, I do have an idea of what's going on here. I understand that there's a giant out there. But what you need to understand is I've got somebody that's on my side that's bigger than that giant. I've got somebody that's already defended me against the lion and the bear, amen, as I was guarding over my father's sheep, amen. And as I defeated that lion and bear, this giant out there will be just like them. And so we have to have an understanding of who God is and what God is capable of. The problem is, is we hear stories about who God is and what God is capable of, but we never realize it for ourselves. We never realize it for ourselves. Five minutes. Turn over to Judges. Chapter 6. Folks, we wonder why... How do I say this? I've got, it. I've got five minutes. We wonder why America has regressed. And when I say that, it's like we're no longer the country we used to be. I think, I believe, I could be wrong, I believe people long 
and it was not a perfect time. I'm not saying any, I don't think there's any ever been a period of perfect time except maybe when Adam and Eve prior to sin on this earth, all right? But I think people hearken back, if you're old enough to remember, to the days, at least stories. I wasn't around back then quite that far back. But to the 50s, you know, after the Second World War and all the soldiers were coming home and there was a time of prosperity and it seemed like a time of peace and it seemed like America, everything was going, you know, everybody has the uh, idyllic picture of a white picket fence around the little cottage and the milkman coming to the front door and going and walking to the movie theater down the street. And I think everybody's kind of had that idyllic picture somewhat. Of, in their mind of, of America at some point in time. But we have regressed so far from that. We have lost our, our we've, America has lost its soul. We've lost our soul. We've had millions upon millions of babies killed by abortion. We have uh, one of the highest rates of drug addiction. We have... Uh, 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 numbers that are off the chart for uh, suicides, uh, 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 anxiety, depression. Everybody seems like they're on medication now. Uh, everybody cannot function. See, I'm not. I, listen, I understand. I got. I got family members. Uh, let me tell you. I. I, I understand. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, some of you guys might. No, I. I dealt with a little bit of anxiety about a year, two years ago, year and a half ago. Yeah, two years ago. I guess. Never, I did not know what anxiety was. Clear, I, I had no clue. You guys give me just a couple extra minutes here. I did not understand what anxiety was. Anytime anybody told me they had anxiety or something like that, I would tell you we just get over it. All right? Yep, yep. I mean, just 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 get past it. Just get up and move on. Until you deal with it. Until you deal with it. And I believe the Lord allowed me to deal with this so what I would, I would have an understanding of what people, okay? I could not, literally, I could not sleep. I could not eat. I could barely function during the day. I was having to stay home. For, you remember this. I don't know if the kids knew this much about this or not. This, this was about two years ago. I literally had a major, major issue with anxiety. And I understood after that, you just don't tell somebody to get over this because this is not something that you can just get over. I even went to the doctor to get prescribed medicine because I could not sleep for three days. Try not sleeping for three days and see how you feel. I, where's Mark? Three days. I'm talking you would, I would doze off for about an hour and wake up. Anxiety would kick in and I would wake up. Three days I did not sleep. Three days, 72 hours. It got to the point I had to go to the doctor and say, you have got to give me up. My body was shaking. 
My mind was racing. My heart was palpitating. Three days, no sleep. I had to go to the doctor and say, you got to give me something just so I can, I, I, I've got to function. I've just got to be able to function. God took me into his word. <clears throat> and began to show me some things. And when I got into the word of God, and I began to pray and truly seek God. Now I was I was also doing other things. I was taking that calm. I had to go. I had to go buy folks. I had to go get, try everything. I went and got CBD. I wasn't I wasn't smoking, but I, I went and got CBD. I went I I I went and bought some stuff that was called calm that you drink a tea. Because I, my body would not shut down. And if, you don't, if you've never experienced this, you have no idea what I'm talking about. If you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. But I got into the Word of God, and I began to pour the Word of God in me every morning, every night. And as I began to do that, God began to speak to me. And God began to show me some things. But one of the things I believe God wants, because I have a bad way sometimes. I'm always empathetic for people or sympathetic for people. But sometimes I get to the point, it's like, just get over it. You understand what I'm saying? I have an attitude sometimes like, just, just move on. And I believe God was showing me some things during this time and allowed me to see a different perspective on something, certain things. And it caused me to take a step back with people and have a little bit more patience where I was impatient. Have a little bit more sympathy when I was ready to kick somebody's backside. You understand what I'm saying? And so I believe that, but so if you've never dealt with that, that's a real issue. And I got way off on that. Give me, give me three minutes. But I want you to have an understanding that God will allow you to go through certain things that you don't understand at the time. But it's for a reason and a purpose. And I believe God allowed me to go through that for a short season so that I would have better insight on how to react or deal with people on certain issues. Okay? Now, real quickly, Judges. I want to take you to the book of Judges real quickly. And the reason I said that is because uh, we're talking about America and America's lost its soul. I, want to, I, I didn't forget. I'm going to take you back there real quickly. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. And the hand of the Midian prevailed against Israel because the Midianites, the, uh, the children of Israel made for themselves, because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. And so that the children of Israel, they would sow seed. And when their crops would come in, the Midianites would come in and take everything. And there wasn't anything that they could do to stop them. And the reason why this happened 
The reason why God allowed the Midianites to come in is because the children of Israel had, had rejected God. And they began to build up idols to Baal. And they began to do all these things that uh, were against God and against the Word of God. And so God allowed the Midianites to come in. I don't have time to go into a whole lot of detail on this, but we can come back to this at a later time. But there was a reason why God allowed this to happen. Amen. And it's because the children of Israel had left the teachings, the statutes of God. And so we get to the story here real quickly. I'm going to get to the point. You get on further down the road and there's an angel that comes. There's a man by the name of Gideon that's, that's hiding as he's, as he's crushing all of his, uh, his grain and his wheat or whatever it was he had there. And he's in hiding at this time. And, and uh, the angel of the Lord comes and says, mighty man of valor. And Gideon says, not me, you got the wrong guy. It's not me. I'm no mighty man. You see where I am? I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. Amen. I'm the lowest of the lowest and it didn't get any lower than where I am right now. The reason I'm telling you this is because it takes one man, one woman, not a whole group. We've seen as the instance with David. You'll see in the instance of Gideon. You'll see in the instance of the disciples. You'll see in the instance of Paul. You'll see instance after instance after instance of Elijah, Elisha. Look at the prophets. Look at Daniel. Look at the three Hebrew children. Look at Moses. Look at Samuel. Look at all these people that are recorded. Look at, at, at Joshua. Look at, look at all the stories of the Bible. It takes one man. Look at uh, Deborah. Look at all these people in the Bible. And you see an instance of one man or one woman that is not afraid of the situation or the circumstances that are surrounding them, but will step out in faith believing that with God all things are possible. Amen. Will step out with faith believing. Amen. And will change the course of a nation. Why is that important? Somebody needs to step up in this time, this hour, and change the course of a nation. Needs to change the course of, of a city. Needs to change the court. Listen, listen to me carefully. Needs to change the course of a family. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's somebody's family you know. Maybe it's a family you ain't met yet. But somebody needs to stand and say, I am not afraid and I will not be fearful. But I will stand in the gap and believe with you and for you. And see circumstances change. We know that it, one of the first things Gideon did was he went and tore down the altars of Baal. One of the other scriptures I was going to get to today was over in uh, 2 Corinthians. I'm not going to go there. I believe it's 2 Corinthians in, in 15 where the Bible talks about pulling down strongholds. It's time the church began to pull down strongholds. Amen. It's time that you begin to pull down strongholds that's been built up not only in your life but in your family's life. Amen. And so into your neighbor's life. You understand what I'm telling you? It's time that strongholds, somebody pulls down the strongholds, pulls down the altars of Baal, pulls down those things that have been allowed to build up in the absence of God and now taking priority over the things of God and begins to pull those strongholds down. 
and see the glory of God begin to come forth. When Gideon pulled those straw or those idols down, you begin to see the glory of God go forth. You begin to see the glory of God begin to spread out. It's time that the church begin to pull down strongholds. It's time that you personally begin to pull down strongholds that have been built up in your life, your family. I'm talking about strong. I hear people, I've seen it when my mom, my dad, this, my sister have all, you know, they all died at the age of 50. I guess I ain't got much time left. No, pull that stronghold down. There's no expiration date on you. Look all over. There's no exp expiration date on you. Well, I got to suffer with this and I got to suffer with that. My mom, my grandma, this, that. No, pull that stronghold down. Amen. Well, I was born into poverty and I just, I lack the education. No, pull that stronghold down. Amen. You're a child of the king. Amen. You are anointed by God. Amen. The Bible says that you lack no good thing. Believe it. Accept it. And if there's a stronghold that's been built up in your life that has, is hindering you from walking in the things of God, find out what it is and begin to pull it down and begin to declare, I am blessed of the Lord. I am the head and not the tail. Amen. I am blessed coming in and blessed going out. I shall be the lender and not the borrower. Some of us have, I got to stop. Some of us have allowed these strongholds of poverty to be built up in our lives and we don't even understand what they are. But God has a way of blessing. Listen for the voice of God. God has a way of prospering you. Understand that. God has a way of prospering you. God has a way of healing you. Just because your dad or your mother or your grandmother or whatever had this affliction doesn't mean you have to be stuck with it. Pull it down in the name of Jesus. Don't let the spirit of fear hold you back. Don't let the spirit of fear bind you. Don't let the spirit of fear hinder you. Because at every turn, the spirit of fear is going to try to shackle you and tell you you can't and give you some reason why you're not able and give you some reason to why you're not going to be able to do it. And you'll freeze and you'll just lock up if you listen to the spirit of fear. But listen to the voice of God. The voice of God tells you you are an overcomer. The voice of God says that he who the Son has set free is free indeed. The voice of God tells you that every place that Jesus went, He healed those that were sick and afflicted. The voice of God says that I am victorious. Yet in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me and loves me. Listen to the voice of God. 
and stop listening to the voice of fear that will tell you you can't. You are not able. You are not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. But the voice of God will tell you that you are. I'm an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ this morning. There's nothing but nothing but nothing that should be able to stand in my way. Nothing. I should be like the disciples that Jesus sent out and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to me in your name. Nothing. Let's stand. Folks, with everything that's getting ready to take place, I want you to walk in faith. I want you to walk believing that God is able. I want you to let fear go out the window. I want you to walk in the power, in the might, and the strength of the living God. Amen. Thank you.